You never know when it's going to be your last time playing at a place. I've had a lot of great moments in this place. And uh, as much as uh, the fans uh, don't really like me, uh, I do have respect for the city of Chicago and, and their great sports fans here and this stadium. It's been a lot of fun over the years to go to battle, you know, win or lose. There's some really cool, like, Chicago moments. Um, Hobie Calais did a national anthem back in 2010 with, like, a guy on a ukulele. Like, that's a cool moment, you know? Just night game, the energy, you know, the guy, the baritone that sings. Um... You know, that opera voice, That's those are cool moments. Uh, the little in-between timeout stuff that they do here. I'm not crazy about that song. It gets a little old, but um, there's a lot of cool things about this sports town and this and this, uh, this city and the stadium, and I've enjoyed playing it. Field goal blocked in a one-point game. It's not the first time that's happened this year. It's Watson on the end of the round. He can fly, and he can fly to the end zone. Touchdown, Green Bay. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You guys used to listen to Kobe Clay? My mom liked Kobe Clay. We had the bubbly CD. I don't know if the album was called Bubbly. Can you count me in? You know how that song starts. Aaron Rodgers shouting out Colby Calais in his press conference yesterday. Not on the bingo card. I listened to that in the car. They're airing the presser live, and I'm like, all right, Colby Calais. Haven't heard that one in a Rodgers press conference before. A lot to get to tonight. I want to talk Badgers basketball. Woo-hoo! What a, what, a, what a couple weeks for this show. What a couple weeks for me. I do want to talk Badger basketball. I want to talk a lot of Packers. Just for a moment, I want to talk about Saturday morning. I hope that if you watched Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, if you watched the United States play the Netherlands, that you went somewhere to watch it. This is the first time I've ever done that. I was in Milwaukee this weekend. We went to a bar in Bayview, the Newport. And I tell you what, soccer would be my favorite sport if I got to do that for every soccer game I watched slugging Irish coffees. Everyone's wearing red, white, and blue scarves. We're all chanting. Like, it was great. The game stunk. The Netherlands is better. Like, I don't know a lot about soccer. I don't follow it under a microscope. But the Netherlands is a better team, and that was showed on Saturday. But the United States did their best ode to Mike Petton and his 2021 defense by giving up a free goal right before halftime. Shades of Kevin King allowing a touchdown to Scotty Miller. It felt like the same thing. Like, all right, let's get into halftime. We're down by one goal. Did a lot of good things in the first half. Who says this thing can't swing our way in the second half? And then you just give up a free goal before halftime. I can't watch sporting events without somehow comparing what I'm watching to some moment that the Packers have had in the playoffs. I can't be the only one, right? I could be watching college basketball. I could be watching youth soccer. Watch a, a little niece or a nephew run around playing soccer. It's like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is like that time where uh, where Mike McCarthy took his foot off the gas the second half in 2014. Yeah, that, that's the one. Everything comes back to the Packers losing in the playoffs. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an outstanding weekend. Bucks played some exciting games. Lost a close one on Friday. They won yesterday. 
I hope he didn't watch. Like, I watched a little bit. I, I hope he didn't watch more than a couple minutes. They beat the Hornets. Nobody played. We don't need to spend any time talking about that. Wisconsin Marquette was fantastic on Saturday. And then, of course, the Packers and the Bears yesterday. The Vikings won again. No one cares. <laughs> this is the small silver lining of the season. Everything going the way of the Vikings and nothing going the way of the Packers. Have you noticed, like, I could turn on first take. I could turn on first things first. I could turn on the cowherd. No one's talking about the Vikings. It's like, what should the Packers do in the offseason? <laughs> so even though the Vikings, what are the Vikings, 10-2? They could be 12-0. and 0, And I still don't think anybody would be talking about them. Instead, we'll talk about, you know, what the Packers' next step is. We'll talk about why Russell Wilson is terrible. We'll talk about interesting things. The Vikings are not interesting. I don't even think they're that good. Maybe we'll get into that tonight. 608 If you want to call or text the show, I'd love to chat. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. Another slick way to go back and forth during the show or fight with other listeners or fight with me. Mostly fighting. That's what I love Twitter for. At Wisco Grant. I had a lot of fun watching the Packers and the Bears yesterday. Winning is fun. And beating a rival is fun. After the Packers-Cowboys game, I don't know what this win means. I don't know if it changes the outlook of the season. Probably doesn't change much of anything. But you know what? It's fun to watch your favorite team win a football game. And yesterday I felt that too. It is fun to watch the Packers win. They're 5-8. and They're not very good. Their offense isn't consistent. Their defense isn't good. But winning is fun. Beating a rival is fun. I think I had even more fun watching Wisconsin beat Marquette on Saturday afternoon. Two rivalries. Two close games that came down to the wire. I want to compare and contrast both of these games. And maybe in doing so, we can learn a little bit about where the Packers stand and where, for example, Badger basketball stands. So the Packers have now beat the Bears eight times in a row. They're the winningest franchise in NFL history. And for those, I see like Vikings fans and fans of other teams like, well, of course they have the most wins. They've been around the longest. Well, you should have invented your team earlier then. I don't know what to tell you. Up yours. Sorry you're you're not historical Like my team, and I say me, I say we, I say mine because I'm an owner. Yesterday, the Packers beat the Bears for the eighth time in a row, and they are now the winningest franchise in NFL history. This win felt like a freebie. There are many wins over the Aaron Rodgers tenure, especially the last couple of years. Many wins over the Bears that feel very ho-hum. Very easy, very, ah, I'm going to bed, whatever. You know, you beat the Bear, who even cares anymore? Bears are dead, the rivalry's dead. This one did not feel that way. This one... This one was a freebie. You know that Arrested Development episode where the running bit for the whole episode is, oh, that was a freebie. This was a freebie. When the Packers were down 16-3, to I was 100% ready and willing to accept the circumstances. I said, God, into your hands, I commend my spirit. I understand what's going on. The jig is up. The Bears finally have their guy. Aaron Rodgers is old, and this is how it ends. I'm watching my Packers you know, fandom life flash before my eyes. The Bears finally have their moment and we're going to have to wear this. There's nothing I will be able to tell Bears fans tomorrow. There will be no slight I can throw their way. No criticism I can lob. They got us. We're backed into a corner. The jig is up. And years and years and years of dominance, at least for now, seems to be over. It doesn't mean next year. Can't go differently or the year after. But right now, it seems the Bears have us. They have their guy. Our guy is old. And we have to wear this. We had a good, we had a good run. We had a good run. And then, Rodgers stole us one more in this rivalry. Just for good measure. 
And if this is his last Packers-Bears game, well, you know what, Rodgers? You son of a gun, you stole us a freebie on the way out the door. What should have ended at seven in a row went to eight. Just for old time's sake. Just for fun. It was like finding a $20 bill on the ground. I was prepared. The game was 16-3, to three, and I was prepared to lay down my, my arms, to go quietly into the night and say, yep, Bears fans, you got us. Our, our jig is up. We've had a good run. But no, Rodgers got us one more for good measure. I love him for that. It was like in a movie when a character accepts death and they think they're about to get their head chopped off or they think they're about to get shot or whatever, and then the hero comes flying in. What is this? This character, we thought he was dead. We thought this this woman was dead. Here comes the hero and everything is saved, right? That's how yesterday felt. I had accepted death. I had accepted the fate of the Green Bay Packers. And I think in doing so, I learned something about myself and how I'm related to this rivalry, especially now in 2022, where the Packers stand at five and eight. Because in most rivalry losses, I go down kicking and screaming. Give no credit to the opponent. Like, like I think of uh, Brewers-Cubs when those two teams were both at their peak. About 2018, but a little bit before then and a little bit after. I would watch Packers or watch Brewers-Cubs games, especially the ones at Wrigley. And I would just find things to get pissed about. I'd say, oh, look at that. Look at that jerk sitting behind home plate. What a nice, nice Patagonia vest. Would you come right from the office, you jerk? Just random things like that. Like how Cubs fans were dressed would piss me off, right? The way that they would behave, the way Wilson Contreras would lean over the plate, the way that the the announcer on marquee would say Contreras instead of just Contreras. Everything annoyed me about the Cubs. And I would look to nitpick and rip any little thing I could because in rivalries, that's what you do. It's the same with the Vikings. It's what I do now. Even though the Packers are five and eight, I still hate the Vikings and I will find a way to discredit and to besmirch that team in any way I can. Maybe not tonight, but just no Vikings fans. I'm, I'm going to do it, right? In most rivalry situations, especially when my team is the one that loses, I go down kicking and screaming, and I deny, 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 no, that th- we beat ourselves. The refs were involved. There, there's some shady dealings going on. There's no chance that this rivalry team is besting my team. Don't give any credit. Yesterday, I was the opposite. No denial. It almost felt like the sweet relief of death. It's almost like yeah, we had a good run. It's time to turn the page and look forward to what might come next. But no, 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 not yet. Rogers went and found us a freebie. Extend that streak to eight in a row, right? Make sure the Packers are the most winning franchise in NFL history and take some passive aggressive, just oddball shots at Chicago on the way out in the press conference. And of course, you know, say things like it always means more to beat this team. It always means more to beat the bears. Love beating the bears. A lot of good memories in this building. A lot of good moments in this building. Feels like a second home to me. You know, that whole routine. Now on Saturday, I felt the opposite. I did not feel the sweet relief of death versus Marquette when I considered the Badgers were going to lose that game. Oh, no. There was no acceptance. Nothing like Packers-Bears yesterday. I was looking to rip and destroy Marquette and their fans and where they live and what their school... I Anti-Marquette. Wisconsin went up 16. I was ready to fight every 19-year-old Marquette fan I could find on Twitter. I swear. I was ready to go to war. Every time Stephen Bardo brought up rivalry on the television broadcast in FS1. I wanted to be that guy who's like, it's not a real rivalry, which in doing so kind of proves that it is a rivalry, right? 
but like I was rattled. I was angry and I was looking to tear down and besmirch Marquette any way that I could. Rivalry. This isn't a rivalry. Actually, though, we do have to quit with the I-94 stuff, the, the I-94 rivalry. We say that about like three different games and none of them is true. It's the war on 94 and that is between UW-Stout and UW-Eau Claire. And any other rivalry citing Interstate 94 is it's false. It's fake. It's a fabrication. It's not real. It's Stout and it's Eau Claire. It's the war on 94, and that is that. But anyways, get back to my point. On Saturday, no credit to Marquette. Slander, 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 slander their players, slander their fans, slander their coach, the coach's hair. Bald Shaka Smart's a good coach. I don't know what this is. He's got an oversized polo on. Would you get that a goodwill, Shaka? Come on. I needed Saturday's win like I needed air. And I'm thinking yesterday night as I'm trying to organize my thoughts for the show. How am I more amped for Wisconsin Marquette than I am for Green Bay Chicago? Packers, Bears, the longest standing rivalry in the NFL. The Bears still suck, right? Go Pack, go. Aaron Rodgers, I still own you. All of this. All the way back to Jay Cutler and then Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs and Julius Peppers and all, all of the players and all of the games throughout this rivalry. And somehow I found myself more upset on Saturday and more aggressive on Saturday and more angry and more childish on Saturday towards Marquette than I was towards the Bears yesterday. This Packers team is stale, okay? And I was very happy to watch them win yesterday. And I remain a fan and an owner. I'm not selling my stock, baby. Mm -mm, No, I'm an NFL owner. I care about this team. I'm part of this team. But this team is stale. And if I'm getting more excited about a Wisconsin Marquette game than I am, and nothing against Wisconsin Marquette, but like Jesus. <laughs> if I'm getting more excited about Wisconsin Marquette than I am Packers Bears in December, the Packers are stale. This Packers team is stale. Like like leftovers that have been left in the fridge too long. It doesn't mean that the original meal wasn't good. It was very good. The Packers under Aaron Rodgers were a very good team for a long time, competitive for a long time. It was a great meal. A meal that I'll always remember. But it's time for a new recipe. It's time to clean out the Tupperware, to declutter the fridge, and make some new food. And then we can put the new food's leftovers into the fridge. And hopefully those leftovers will be great. But we're getting to the point now where there's only like half a scoop or half a serving of whatever food it is, whatever casserole it is, left in the Tupperware. And there's there's such a little amount and it's been there for so long that I don't really want to eat it, but leaving it in there and ignoring it is easier than throwing it out and cleaning the dish. And probably what's going to happen at some point is I'm going to throw the Tupperware away rather than wash it out, which could be comparable to what the Packers are going to have to do this offseason where they just say, we're just going to cut guys. We're going to take dead cap hits. We're just going to take the L before we build it back up. This Packers team is stale and I'm thrilled that they won yesterday. That was a freebie win that I didn't think we were going to get, but the team is stale like leftovers that have stained the Tupperware in the fridge. Time to make a new meal. Time to try a new recipe. And I want to talk about that throughout tonight's show. And I want to talk more about Wisconsin Marquette too. A couple of tweets here at Wisco Grant before we take a break. Uh, G-Dub tweets in, how do you not like Patagonia? I own two vests. I like Patagonia. Patagonia is a company actually, small side note here. Um, I'm a big fly fisherman and fly fishing gear is insanely expensive. It's like stupid how expensive it is. Like a little fanny pack that should cost $50 is like $150. But that's that's the price to do in business in the fly fishing world, I guess. And you have your Sims, you know, your Columbia Performance Fishing Gear and, and your Fish Pond and all these brands. Patagonia is just as expensive, maybe more expensive than the rest. 
But I like what Patagonia is about because they're actually, like, if their leadership could save the planet by sleeping outside and making no money, they would do it. Like, I like Patagonia as a company. I like what they stand for. But when I look at a Cubs game, I want to see people in jerseys. I want to see people repping their team. I don't want to see some financial advisor who got done with work at lunch and came to the game and in some, you know, $200 checkered dress shirt with a, with a, with a vest on and an IPA. GW, you are pointing out exactly this condition that I'm talking about. We're in rivalries. You look for things to piss you off. You look for things that, that don't even exist. You're like, oh, look at this jamoke in a vest. Now I'm going to be angry about that. That's how rivalries are supposed to work. That's how Marquette and Wisconsin felt for me on Saturday. It did not feel that way for Packers Bears yesterday. And I think that's just another sign that this team is stale. We need to clean out the Tupperware, make a new recipe, move on with our lives. Start a new iteration of the Packers next year. I don't know exactly what that means, but there's got to be changes. 608-796-2558. Couple of texts. Get to those. Get to a couple of calls. Get to some more tweets at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills on twitter at wisco grant you can text call the show 608-796-2558 happy that the packers won yesterday very much enjoyed the win felt like a freebie i was basically uh what would the word be not reserved i had accepted that they were going to lose and i was preparing to deal with that and then they stole a win they got a freebie in this rivalry which is great but as I explained before this last break, if you're just joining the show, I was more fired up. I was more toxic about Marquette, Wisconsin than I was Packers Bears yesterday. That shouldn't be the case. In early December, that should not be the case. This Packers team is stale and they need to make some changes in this offseason. Maybe Aaron Rodgers remains on this team. I think he probably will. Just look at the money. That'll mostly tell you what teams are thinking. They gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of money, tied up money into next year and the year after that gives you a pretty good indication that they like Rodgers. They're going to keep him around. Brian Gutekinds is the podium right now. He's talking about they've already seen enough from Jordan Love to pick up his fifth-year option. So watch. They're going to pay him $20 million next year. Something needs to change. I think changing just about everything on the defense would be a good start. But this team is stale. Because if I'm more fired up about Wisconsin Marquette than I am Packers Bears, there's a problem. Let's talk to Daniel and Madison. 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? What's up, Grant? Not much. I got to say, uh, we're having Ben Kenny on in the next half of the show at about 5.30. Very excited to talk college football with him. I'm very excited to talk college basketball. I'm leading with Marquette, Wisconsin. I don't know what's gotten into me, but I I, I think I need an honorary degree from Madison. I know one to lacrosse, but I, I'm very much enjoying talking Badgers. Well, I've got a couple things to say about the Badgers, Marquette, and then a couple things about the Packers. Actually, I'll start with the Packers. Since Perfect. They're Perfect. more on my brain, but... Um, I actually was kind of hoping that they were going to lose, like the Packers, because yeah. just for draft capital and whatnot, like moving into the offseason, because I don't think that they really have too good of a shot, even if they were to somehow make the playoffs and some miracle, like they're not, they're not going to do anything in it. You know, like they just don't have the team that they did last year, no. or at least the guys that they have aren't performing like they did last year. So I don't think that that's, even really a possibility so we should look to next year which is going to be a lot of the same people as 
at least what it looks like from a skill position, whatever, from the young guys. You know, so we've got a decent core there, it looks like, and let's move on to next year. But then we played the Bears, and the Bears did what the Bears do, which is throw interceptions to Green Bay Packers cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, and that felt good. I forgot that <laughs> winning, in the, winning in the NFL feels great. It does. Know? It feels good. Look, I, I'm not going to judge you for wanting the Packers to get a better draft pick. I saw some Packers people on Twitter arguing about this today, and they said, you know, cheering for, for losses for a better draft pick, that's a loser mentality. No, you cheer whatever you want. I am going to watch the games, and if they lose, the silver lining is their draft position improves. And if they win, great. Wins are fun. So I I, I don't know. It's kind of a win-win at this point in this I season, even though it's technically I, I a would, loss. I wouldn't even, really, wouldn't even really say that I was, like, wishing for a loss. Yeah. More like I had... I had resigned myself to the possibility that a loss is okay. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Other than that, Wisconsin Marquette, all I have to say about that, first off, like a fantastic game. Oh, it's great. Just a great watch. Um, Secondly, if Chucky Hepburn ever actually gets hurt this year, I think the Badgers are just done. Like, they didn't do anything while he was gone. You know what I mean? It looked like the tournament game last year. Yeah. Yeah. He left with an injury. That's what I was thinking. He left with the injury, and they just they didn't have someone who knew how to dribble or pass or even shoot, except for a set a season or whatever. Is Dude, that, he's, he's awesome. That guy. I can, love that, that guy. That guy can bang. I mean, they were playing basically. Klesmit was their point guard, but they were having Tyler Wall bring the ball up and. Look, it was on the road, hostile environment against a team that was putting on a lot of pressure at half court, three-quarter court, full court. So that did make it easier. But it's a good point, Daniel, when you lose your main point guard to the guy who runs the show, do you have anyone who's at least competent or capable? And they barely got by. The I, second half of this game just changed so much, too, because everything was a foul and everyone was in foul trouble. And that adds a layer, too, with who's com- available to get out there and run your offense. Yeah, it was completely different from the first half. And, like, I, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, okay, you know, they they had like a 16-point lead or something at one point. I was like, all right, they could actually coast to a victory. And then, uh, yeah, then it got all close and over time. It was, it was a really fun game, though, to watch. And I think that the Badgers, the, this iteration of the Badgers, I was kind of down on them going into the year. I, I don't know if you remember, my, my dad went to their, like, shoot-around or their yeah, white-on-red scrimmage. And they were He's like, this is terrible. Like, 45 or something missed threes during that. Like, just combined between the two teams. Like, yeah. But uh, they're actually not they're, – they're pretty fun to watch as far as um, the last four games or so. Like, Wake Forest, yeah. Marquette, and then the Kansas game was really fun to watch, even if they kind of pissed that one away. Yeah, Dayton, but, too. I, I'm really having a good time watching this team. They're fun, and I am – fascinated by Connor Asijan. I really like watching this guy play. Is, is he a true freshman? Do you uh, know if he's true? I, got, I mean, I got the box score right here in front of me. If he's not a true freshman. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if he was on the team last year. Yeah, it says freshman. I don't know if he's true or redshirt, but the dude can get buckets. Either way. That's, that's my complaint about college basketball is guys can't get buckets. They're bad shooters and they don't have natural, like, polished offensive games. This dude can, he can bang. I like watching he's got, him. Well, he's, just got, he's got such a pretty shot. Yeah, you know it's 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 like, and I don't want to say Steph Curry esque because that's <laughs> terrible and not even maybe a little close yeah. to the realm. You I'll know what I mean? Like, but he's just got he he shoots it the same way every time, which is kind of 
refreshing since we have like Giannis in our state, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, so it doesn't look the same every time, but I like Connor Asian. He's got a nice looking three pointer. I do too. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Thanks, Daniel. Have an awesome night. That's Daniel Madison. Look, I'm not anti Steph Curry comparisons, but we instead of saying that, we could say he has a very natural looking jump shot. Shooting comes easy to him. He's a polished scorer. Although, why do that when you can compare him to? <laughs> why do that when you can compare him to Steph Curry? I appreciate the call. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. Yeah, yeah. Agree on all fronts with Badgers basketball. I've really enjoyed watching them. I've enjoyed talking about them on the show to kind of tie it back into the Packers. Cause I want to talk about the Packers after this next break. I want to make the case. They should take a wide receiver in the first round next year. And I'm excited to talk about that next of all of the things that the Packers did well yesterday of all their bright spots. Talk about the offensive line kept Aaron Rodgers clean. Well, that's great, but the bears don't have anyone left on their pass rush on their defensive line, their linebackers. They've traded away. Everybody, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, all traded away. Great. The offensive line had a good game. That makes me feel good. I don't know if that translates versus better competition. Kenny Clark had a great game against a poor offensive line, right? Like a lot of bright spots from yesterday's game, but the bright spots are because the competition wasn't really great. And I'm starting to think that that's just what Kenny Clark does. Kenny Clark whoops the ass of Garrett Bradbury twice a year, and he beats up on the less than stellar offensive lines and and less than stellar matchups. And then he disappears a little bit against greater competition. And that's a lot of players. It's harder to succeed against greater competition. But when Kenny Clark is the one guy, the one outstanding presence up front, and he can't get his against the best teams, then you're going to struggle against the best teams. And if there is a team in the NFL that is whooped on bad competition and struggled against the best teams, it would be the Packers. So the O-line keeping Aaron Rodgers clean, Kenny Clark looking good. I don't know if that translates A.J. Dillon ran really well, and I'll give him that, and I'm not going to take anything away from him after yesterday, but he did it against a poor defense, a really bad defense, a bad defensive front. The one bright spot, I think, from yesterday that translates and will continue to translate against better competition is Christian Watson. That speed is not coachable. That speed is not defensible through scheme. I actually thought Chicago passed coverages really well yesterday, communicating, sticking to their assignments, doing all the things that the Packers secondary could not do if you gave them a million tries. The Bears secondary actually did a pretty good job fundamentally, schematically, organizationally. They're just not very good. Christian Watson's speed and the things, the traits that he brings to the table, that translates against better competition. And I want to talk about that coming up next. And I want to make the case that the Packers should use their first-round pick next year on a wide receiver. I can't wait to talk about this. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. Call and text 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Jeremiah in lacrosse texts in. He says, you really should have went to that Badger game. What a great win. How much were tickets? I was in town. I probably could have convinced the girlfriend. I don't know. I really would have had to try. She doesn't want to go to a college basketball game. Plus, I bet tickets were just dumb expensive. I bet tickets were like 150 bucks a piece. Because you got every Tom, Dick, and Harry from Middleton and Brookfield and oh, coming into town. Eh, pass. 
No thanks. I'll watch Bucks Blazers, uh, Bucks Kings, Bucks Rockets, any random Bucks matchup that's not very good because those tickets will be like twenty bucks. Then you get a beer, and that'll be more than the ticket, and that's how the Lord intended things to work. I'm not spending 150 bucks to watch a college basketball game. I'll watch on TV and get mad about what Stephen Bardo has to say. <laughs> also, like our Lord intended. Thank you for the text, Jeremiah. We're talking Packers. Last week, I gave a very well-thought-out plan on how to fix our Green Bay Packers. You remember this? Multifaceted, multi-steps, I mean, all over the place. I said that the Packers need to do this, do that. Matt LaFleur needs to move up north, toughen up, you know. And a lot of the the plan hinged on draft capital, right? Ideally with some picks that are good, like top half of the round is ideal. So the Packers are 5-8, and and they currently possess the 11th overall pick. If we look at uh, Tankathon, currently the 11th overall pick. Three of the top six picks have been traded, Denver to Seattle, L.A. to Detroit, and New Orleans to Philly. I'm hoping the Packers jump up a little bit higher than 11th. They're behind Atlanta and Carolina, who hopefully think they can win the South, because technically they can. Hopefully they keep pushing, win games, cheering for New Orleans to beat Tampa Bay tonight because the more compressed that division stays, the harder that teams like Atlanta and Carolina will try, so their records will be better. So the Packers sit at around 11th in the draft. I'm hoping they get a little bit higher than that, but we'll see. And I have a plan for what they should do with that pick. A very specific plan. And I will explain that plan after we talk to Cornhole Roller, 608-796-2558. Corn, what's up? Grant, happy happy Monday. Happy Ready Monday. For a full week of Wisco sports shows. Yeah, happy Victory Monday, Corn, both for the Badgers and for our Packers. Yep, and th- honestly, I'm getting sick of these fans that are out here saying, oh, we shouldn't have won, it hurts the draft order. Let's let's face the facts, Packer Nation. We are not going to be able to change this team up much next year. No. We have no cap space. We have, obviously, a draft worth of picks. But really, other than that, this team is going to look pretty much identical. So I, I think continuing to win and trying to compete does a lot more. You know, obviously, there's still a playoff chance this season but also to build on next season. You know, we might be getting Romeo Dobbs back. It'd be nice for him and Rodgers to work together yes. with Christian Watson in the offense. Ooh. I mean, there, there's still a lot that matters to this season, especially if we really want to compete for a Super Bowl next year. Well, on paper, well, lose every game. If you're not going to make the playoffs, lose every game and then get the best pick. And yeah, in theory, that works fine. But these games and these organizations are made up of people, corn. And if you lose game after game after game, like people start to get frustrated with each other and the respect for the coaching staff and the effectiveness of that coaching staff. Like if the Packers lose out, no one's going to respect Matt LaFleur. No one's going to come back next year thinking, Oh, it's fine. We'll just come back. No, 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 no. You need some sort of confidence. So if you want to call it, you know, momentum into the off season or confidence in the coaching staff, call it what you want, but you do need to remain a competent team that wins some games for everything to stay on the tracks. I think, look, if the Packers lose, Oh, great. The silver lining is we get a better pick, but I'm not going to sit at home and get mad when the Packers win like they did yesterday. Right. And and since when has it become boring to beat up the Bears? Like, I get it. You know, we've been beaten up on them for 30 years, 25 years. But, you know, it's still a rival. It's still the little brother Chicago Bears. Yeah. Just like it's always fun for Wisconsin to be beaten Marquette oh, year after so year. Fun. Oh, screw Marquette, man. Oh, 
seriously. Screw screw those Illinois people coming up to Milwaukee thinking this is their city. Uh, you know, have fun paying your private tuition and cheering for a basketball team that continues to underperform expectations and choke in the month, month of March. What What is Marquette known for education-wise? Like, I know you're a UW alum. Um, Madison's known for a great many things, but Marquette's got to have a thing, right? Yeah, I think they got a pretty good dental program. Ah. Law, they got a good law school. Well, the Marquette but, Law School yeah, polls. They're always polling things. I see the, the polls. Yeah, a lot of Esquires, you know. A lot of, es- a lot of Esquires. Uh, Corn, before I let you go, if I were to tell you that the Packers should spend a top 15 pick next year on a wide receiver, what would you say? I would say I'm, I'm like, I don't think that's an outlandish take at all. Okay, okay. Because I don't even know who they look at in the first round. Like, what position group really needs to be addressed? I, I don't know. I mean, you're not going to spend it on defense, defense again. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, are you going to spend another yeah. first round pick on a, a defender? No, 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 because it's not working. I, I we, we need to do something exactly. different. We need to mix it up. Yeah, so I, I think O line, maybe a pass rusher, depending on how high they are in the draft. I mean, if they're picking in the top ten, go out and get the best pass rusher available. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, if they're in kind of that middle teens. Um, that's where a lot of the, we see wide receivers go. So yeah, I'd be fine taking a wide receiver as well. Corn, before I let you go, are you and uh, your horde of Twitter friends going to be spacing tonight? I don't have any plans, and maybe I want to debate some Badgers topics. Um, I think we have one planned in the next, like, hour or so, but um, not 100% sure. But, you know, we're, we're always on the Twitter spaces. Um, for any listeners out there, cone underscore roller. And you'll you'll see me in Twitter Spaces talking. If you can't find the spaces, DM me at Wisco Grant. I will direct you. Thank you, Corn. Have an outstanding night. Yep. Thanks, Grant. Bye. Cornhole Roller. There are a lot of Esquires, a lot of lawyers coming out of Marquette. And I agree. If we're in the top 10, it's got to be an edge rusher, got to be a tackle, got to be a wide receiver, got to be a premium, premium, premium position, one that can change a team. Not a safety, mm-mm. not a tight end, mm-mm. I think it should be a wide receiver. Personally, get another weapon like Christian Watson. Get someone with uncoachable talent, with uncoachable speed, with uncoachable hands, with uncoachable size. Something that is inherently special about this player. A player that can only be taken in the top 15 of the draft because the skills and the talents possessed by said player are so rare. Right? I want a true blue chipper. And you might be thinking and Horn might have mentioned this as well when we were on the horn with him. He said, Grant, that would be wildly irresponsible. A wide receiver? This defense cannot stop the run. They must, they must fix the run defense. My brothers and sisters, they haven't been able to stop the run since the first term of Barack Obama. And every year since the first term of Barack Obama, they have drafted a defender. Ten first-round picks on defense since that loss to Colin Kaepernick, including Kevin King. Not including Kevin King. Kevin King was outside of the first round. He's not included in that ten. There's been pick after pick after pick after pick on that defense, and it's not working. So stop it. Stop it. Do something else. Right? I think people are losing their minds. Well, just one more first-round pick in the defense. Will be... No! If anything, we're going backwards. If anything, we're, we're not getting a return on an investment. We're getting a, a, a loss on our investment. 
right? And I'm looking at this Packers team. I see Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Now that's interesting. You had one more blue chip, chipper, one more blue checker, blue check, sorry, uh, the liberal blue check mark media. You had one more blue, blue chipper. That's a position of strength. That's a position of excess. You need excess. The Packers are always trying to be balanced. They never want to be too good at one position because they're going to spread their resources out. Seen this for years. Packers got Devontae Adams, and then they just refused to add talent to that position because they had Devontae Adams. No, 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 no. I want to double down. I want to triple down. I want to live for excess. I want to have a position group that's so good we can win games of that position group. I'm going to bring up a moment from one of my favorite films, The Other Guys. This is Sir David Urshan, the investment broker, talking about excess and living for excess. America has always been defined by its excess. The Grand Canyon, professional sports contracts, Wendy's Baconator, extra bacon. I myself have 18 Lamborghinis and a Subaru station wagon. And it's because of this excess that I have flourished. I implore you, please, do not stop profiting. Live for excess. It's, it's the, the American, American way. way. That's fantastic. And the Packers should heed that advice come the draft in April. Hector is in on Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? How's it going, Van? Outstanding. I just got to talk about the other guys, talk about Badgers basketball, Packers. I, I had a lovely weekend, and I'm having a great day. How about you? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm on my way back from the district, and... The district. Just finished my route, which started at 9, but I didn't get to my first stop until noon because my boss can't get all of my stuff together, but that's besides the point. Anyway. I got you. I think you're crazy, Grant. Okay. I I don't think they should take a wide receiver in the first round. I think that as you put Romeo Dobbs back into the mix of everything – I think that's going to make Lazard more of an issue for defenses. Okay. Um, I think you need an offensive line. I think you need, because no one can stay healthy, I think you need a tight end because Bobby Tunyon is not that guy. Sure. He had a couple of games two seasons ago, so you need a tight end. Maybe tell Bobby that, you know, he still on the team, but you got to pull. He's got stone hands. Um and the defense is not washed, Grant. It is Barry. Barry cannot run a defense. You need someone who knows what the heck they're doing with that group because th- there's no such thing as on paper it's a good group, but really on the field they're not. If they're on paper as a good group, then there's a reason for that. The reason they're not translating to on the field is because Joe Barry doesn't know what to do. So I think you're being too hard on the defense. I think you need a you do need a defensive line because other than one guy who commands a double team, who else do you have? Dean Lowry, I'm so sick and tired of watching Dean Lowry play on that line because he doesn't do anything. He's just a body taking up an offensive lineman's body. That's it. He doesn't make any moves towards a QB. He can't get off of a block. He can't fake one way and go the other to try to make some space. Nothing. Dean Lowry is literally a big Wisconsin farm boy that they put on the defensive line to take up another body. And I think that also needs to get fixed. And I don't have anything to say about Badgers because, as you know, for basketball, I am a Michigan fan. That's okay. Uh, That's fine. Look, 
I, I just think this defense's issue is way deeper than coordinator. I think it's the coordinator, every assistant coach, every, it's everything. We need to, we need, it's like, it's like a, a weed. We need to sniff it out at the root, Hector. I'm, yeah, I'm looking, that, I'm that, looking that, for heads this offseason. I want everybody out of here. If I can get a second round pick for Kenny Clark, third round pick for Kenny Clark, see ya. I'm doing it. Same with Jair. Right. I'm not even that mad about you Jair giving up some deep balls because he got an interception yesterday. But I'm just, I'm looking at this thing realistically. We've been dumping money into yeah. this defense, and it hasn't gotten any better. I want to cut bait with it. It's like a house. It's like a cabin that we just keep dumping money into and keeps getting issues. I'm I'm ready to wring my hands of it. I, I want to start over. I was going to say, I was going to say about Jair Alexander, he got his money, and now all he does is talk. Like, shut the heck up, dude. Do something on the field. You're going to call Equinemius St. Brown a scrub, but he burns you on a play like you were Kevin King. So he maybe needs to talk a little bit less and put more effort into what he's doing on the field because he got that money, and now he's just, like, being – he's complacent about it or something. I'm not sure, but the, your problems could all be fixed. Carolina is uh, releasing Baker Mayfield. He's your future QB. Uh, get rid of everybody else and build around him. Yeah, that's enough of that, Hector. You have a good night and uh, drive safely around the <laughs> around the district. I'm interested to see if there's some NFC team that claims him on waivers so the Niners can't. Because I do that in fantasy. Even if I was a great team with two quarterbacks, I'd pick him up, keep him on my bench, just to, just to keep another competitor from getting that player. I wonder if some team will do it. Tim and Menominee says, Bud Grant lives up in Gordon, 96 and still knocking around in the woods. Does he really? Last thing we need is Lafleur and Bud getting together. Can't win the big one as it is. Good text, Tim. Does Bud Grant actually live in Gordon? The joke's funny even if he doesn't, but if I'm missing that, that's something I need to know. Mike in Chippewa Falls. Uh, I'm not sure what this is regarding. I always have to laugh. When I was in high school in the early 70s, cornhole meant something totally different. Ah, uh, cornhole is the game of beanbags. Get your mind out of the gutter, Mike and Chippewa Falls. Take it easy. Let's take a break. Three minutes, we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Going to talk more Wisconsin Marquette, more Packers Bears. That coming up next. Ben Kenny going to be here at five thirty. Club Kenny, rise up! I chatted with him this afternoon, recorded it. I will play you our conversation at five thirty. We talked about Mertz in the transfer portal, this classic Willie Woney situation with Jim Leonard and some college football playoff stuff. Marquette Pete in Monona, six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. What's up, Pete? Marquette Pete, class of 1973, so next uh, next year will be our 50th reunion. Are you going to go back for it? Yes, I am. And, uh, I, you know, I have to represent uh, <clears throat> the brothers who uh, graduated from there who weren't on the basketball team. So there I, I threw out one for Dave from Monona. <laughs> anyway, uh, also, also a grad, grad school uh, graduate of the University of Wisconsin. Uh, so I, you know, I, I've gone to both schools and, and I live in Monona. So I, it's, it's hard for me to root for either team. Like I told the, uh, morning guys, I, I don't even watch the game, but, but 
I, I had been a long-time uh, season ticket holder for the Badgers, but I, Dick Bennett, Dick Bennett's constipated 1950s Hoosier basketball just turned me off. I, I couldn't take it, so you know, I, I, I gave up my season tickets. And 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 they got money out of me to 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 build that coal center, but I, I I could not stand that constipated basketball. Yeah, well, that constipated basketball beat your Golden Eagles on Saturday. Although there was a lot of shot making, that wasn't your classic Wisconsin performance, Pete. That was a fun game. No, I mean this new coach seems like you know he's not like Bo or Bennett stuck in the fifties, you know, or 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 like Al McGuire. Well, you probably Al McGuire would play that style of basketball too. Yeah. He just had tremendous recruiting. But anyway, uh, you you you've been you've been pretty rough on was I mean uh, Marquette and I don't know why. What you, there's no reason for you to have anything against them. They don't even have a big presence. I mean, you know, nobody knows anything about it except the people that, well, I think people in Boston and Philadelphia go there because they think it's a safety school if they can't get into Boston College. Sure. Uh, I don't really have anything against Marquette other than the annoying people on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't have any kind of profile because, I mean, I went to school there and I couldn't tell you what it's known for now. I mean, when I went there, they had a good dental hygienist school. And, uh, yeah. you know, now, now they got the law school, but you know, I, I, I think it's people that are Catholic and, you know, Irish Catholics want to go to school there. Yeah. Well, I respect that Pete and I won't trash Marquette anymore. I promise. I got to let you go, but I, I promise. Okay. All right. Have a good night. That's Marquette Pete. I saw that number ring. I was like, Oh, this guy's going to light me up for bad mouthing Marquette. It's mostly because of annoying people on Twitter. I don't really have anything other against other than that against Marquette, although it was very fun to beat Marquette on Saturday. We pretend that we don't care about this game, Badgers fans. We do. We don't care about it. It's not a rivalry, but we care about it. Two-minute break. We're back after this. You never know when it's going to be your last time playing at a place. I've had a lot of great moments in this place, and uh, as much as fans uh, don't really like me. Uh, I do have respect for the city of Chicago and, and their great sports fans here and this stadium. It's been a lot of fun over the years to go to battle, you know, win or lose. There's some really cool, like, Chicago moments. Um, Hobie Calais did a national anthem back in 2010 with, like, a guy on a ukulele. Like, that's a cool moment. Just night game, the energy, you know, the guy, the baritone that sings, um, you know, that opera voice, That's those are cool moments. Uh, the little in-between timeout stuff that they do here. I'm not crazy about that song. It gets a little old, but um, there's a lot of cool things about this sports town and this, and this, uh, this city and the stadium, and I've enjoyed playing it. Field goal blocked in a one-point game. It's not the first time that's happened this year. It's Watson on the end of the round. He can fly. And he can fly to the end zone. Touchdown, Green Bay. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Hosting this show since 2018. It's a long time. It's four years it's been. Over four years now in August. 
Could be shooting for five next year. Oh, I should get myself a a pin, a plaque, a statue, something. I don't know. I think over the years I've matured as a host. And I think a couple of years ago, tonight's show might look very different if, uh, you know, 20-year-old, 21-year-old Grant was hosting the show. You know, I'd say something like, uh, you know, the Hot Stove League is underway. Craig Council spoke to MLB Network today. Got a little bit of that audio. We're going to have to check that out. Craig Council was on MLB Network today. And Major League Baseball is going wild. Hot Stove League is back. I'd like to think there's another world in which I led today's show with the Packers and the Brewers and not the Packers and the Badgers. And I complained about how the Phillies got Trey Turner. What do you mean? The, the Phillies, they just made the World Series and they came up short. You're telling me... You can improve your team after that. You can come up short in the playoffs and get better. You don't have to sell. You don't have to trade away your good players. Yeah. That's what I would have said. That's what I would have said to start the show like three years ago. But I'm a bigger man now. I'm a more mature man. I'm a grown man. And in this house, we talk about Connor Asesian. In this house, we talk about Badgers basketball. (laughs) Uh, Maybe baseball tomorrow. We're going to talk more Badgers, more Packers. Ben Kenny in a half hour. It's going to be fun. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had an outstanding day. I hope your week is off to a good start. You're in the flow of things, all right? Easier to do that after the Packers won yesterday. Talked to some Vikings fans at work today. They were being their, you know, normal, annoying selves. Oh, who'd you guys almost lose to yesterday? Oh, the Jets? Okay. That's right. I saw some of the game. Oh, yeah, the Jets were in the red zone twice. Should have scored to take the lead. Didn't either time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, your team's just got a knack for winning close games. That's how this works. That's how the sports world works. 608-796-2558. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, it's your show. Trash whoever you like. Yeah, I don't have anything personal against Marquette, except a couple of people, and man, do they annoy me. Snappy Tom in Eau Claire. Grant, I'll have to agree with Cornhole. I think the receivers crew is good enough when healthy, and a new DC could jack up the defense. I'll take a pass rusher. Are there any Watt brothers left? LOL. Look, I'm not anti-pass rusher. I would also love a tackle. No telling what will keep David Bakhtiari from playing in a game next week. And I know it's not his fault. He has appendicitis, but this whole thing has just been such a clown car. I would take a tackle. I would take an edge rusher. I would take a wide receiver. What I don't want in the first round is a safety. I don't want a corner. I don't want a tight end. I don't want a guard. I swear if they take some rando slapdash player from Akron that I've never heard of. I'm going to go to the ownership meeting next year only to make a scene and get thrown out. We've had enough messing around. I want guys who are going to come to Green Bay and kick, as Rome would say, the ass of the player on the other line of scrimmage. Packers have no players like that. That's what I want. So if you go get me a great tackle in the top 10, okay. Get a great edge rusher to play along with Cider John Gary. That's great. I would have loved that in the last draft, but they went in other directions, whatever. We could talk about right or wrong. doesn't matter. What's done is done, Dad. Are you going to invest or not? Time for that has passed. But next year in the draft, man, I would love another elite wide receiver to go with Watson and Dubs. And Snappy Tom, you said that the receiver's crew is good enough when healthy. I don't want good enough. I want amazing. I want excess. I want I want a position of strength that's so good. I want other teams to prepare for the Packers and think, oh, my God, how do we defend these guys? They got so many options. Look at the Bengals. They got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. All of those guys made plays for them yesterday against the Chiefs in a game that the Chiefs won. I don't want good enough. I don't want getting by. I want excess. And I will play this clip again because it's one of my favorite clips ever. It's the investment broker, Sir David Urshan, and the other guys. America has always been defined by its excess. 
the Grand Canyon, professional sports contracts, Wendy's Baconator, extra bacon. I myself have 18 Lamborghinis and a Subaru station wagon. And it's because of this excess that, that I, I have flourished. flourished. I implore you, do not please stop do not stop profiting. Live for excess. It's the American, it's the American way. way. Brett LaCrosse. I mean, Brett, if that doesn't convince you to live for excess and draft a wide receiver, I, I, like, I, don't, I don't know what I could do. I feel like Atticus Finch up here. I, that's as convincing as I can be. Yeah. Well, we've had 17 years of trying to live for excess, and, uh, you know, we haven't done it. Well, they did. They did when Rodgers was young, when they had all of those guys. It's like, man, what a, what a, what a, what a, just a, a gross embarrassment of riches that we have here. So many weapons. How do you defend this team? Uh, that's what I want to get back to that. I want to get back to yeah. that. Yeah. You and me both. It would have been nice. We've had plenty of years of chances. Um, are you so eating? I'm, I'm just calling in. Are you eating right now? I got a cough drop in my mouth. Okay, okay, never mind. That's fair. Sorry. That's fair. Continue. No, you're all good. Um, I, I thought it's like, man, you you can't be snacking when you're on. This is the Wisco Sports Show, Brett, but you're good. I didn't know. No, I was, it was like I was about to choke, so I had to get her out of the way. All good. Um, all good. Anyway, so I'm, I'm just here to l- listen to everybody call in and ask when uh, we're going to sit Rogers and just play love the rest of the time again. Because uh, those people with opinions probably also have buttholes and they probably all reek just like their opinions do. Don't. So that's cool. I know you're not. You were one of them. I I, I was not. Look, the Jordan Love thing, I am, and Ebo texted me after the game yesterday, you know, to take victory lap. I, I am not a start Jordan Love right now guy. I am a we'll get there when we get there guy. There will be playing time for Jordan Love. I have no doubt. It didn't need to happen this weekend. It's fine. We can all come to everyone who's like, Jordan Love needs to start no, it's like, no, he never. What's what is the world going to fall apart? No, no, no. Rogers so, play a couple. Here, here's the other opinion. Uh, everybody has really short. Well, actually, it's been a long time, but shortish, long memories. That 2010, if we would just give up, we would have never gotten in the playoffs as a six seed, and we would have never run the table and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that team was good, Brett. That team was very good. You watch this team and tell yeah. me that this team's good. This team's not good. No, it's not. But I'm not. I'm not willing to just give up. I, I ain't no quitter. No, I. No one's saying that we got to give up. Look, I. I'm trying to get the best of both worlds here. I'm trying to rebuild the vibes of this team, which are shot. Like the Lafleur vibe is shot. But a couple of wins at the end of the year, we can help rebuild that a little bit. Build that back mm-hmm. and some good juju, some good. Mo- I don't mm-hmm. believe in the momentum into the offseason, but I do believe in players believing in their coach and a couple of wins would go a long way. But if you happen to lose a couple of games, you improve draft stock. It can be a little bit of both. Yeah, well, we don't do anything with the draft, so that's pointless. Pointless to even say at this point. Well, that's what I'm worried. First round you know rule, Judy. You take a tackle. You take. But you're not. You're not wrong. Akron. Akron like defensive tackle. That's what we're gonna do. <sighs> Look, it's going to be awful, and it'll me, be like, oh, guess what? The Packers drafted again. Edge rusher, tackle, wide receiver. Those are your choices in the first round. If you're at the back of the first round, you can be a little bit more cavalier. Oh, there's an interesting safety. All right, that's fine. A, a great corner. All right, pull the trigger. But if we're picking at 10, the best corner of the draft is going to be off the board, right? Probably the best defensive line is going to be off the board, but we can still 
you know, pump those premium positions. Let's get another edge rusher in here, go next to Sean Gary. Let's get another tackle in yeah. here to go alongside Elton Jenkins. Another wide receiver to go to Watson. You see what I'm doing? I want another elite player to pair with an elite player we already have. I want to double down. Well, and it, it, it sounds right. wonderful on paper, but so did this season. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I got to go. You have a good night. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. That is Brett and Lacrosse. Sorry to keep you, Brett. I didn't understand you had a commitment to get to. That's on me. Those are the rules. I am laying down the rules for what the Packers do in the draft next year. If you have a top 15 pick, this isn't arts and crafts time, Brian Gudikins. This is not this is not slap and tickle time. You have a top 15 pick. You get an edge rusher. You get a tackle. You get a wide receiver. Now, if a great corner falls, all right, I'll listen. I'm listening. If a great defensive lineman falls, all right, sure. But you need to get an important player at a position that's valuable. Not some safety that's like, well, we can line him up anywhere. No, no, that's not what I want. No, I want a guy who plays an important position who's really good at it. We don't get to be creative. This isn't this is an art hour. That's not what this is. No, 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 no. If we're picking in the top 15, we need to we need a grown man. We need we need someone who's gonna get in there and beat some cheeks. Because right now the Packers don't have anyone like that. We got our offensive line, our best offensive lineman who's making a bajillion dollars. Can't play because of his knee. Can't play on turf and whatever. That's not really his fault. Now he's going to be out a while, according to Matt LaFleur, because of his appendicitis. It's just like, I can't have it. We can't have it. There's a million soap operas going on in this team. What Jair Alexander says in a press conference. What's David Bakhtiari's medical status? Next week, he's going to have to get a root canal. Again, not his fault. But as a fan, I have a right to be frustrated. Not with him, but just in general. I'm frustrated. It's not personal. It's, it's big picture sports. Okay, we have so many soap operas. What's, what's Rogers feel about this and that and, and Jordan Love and the, the, Joe Barry? What kind of dumb crap is he saying? I, I want an end to it. I want a no-nonsense elite player. All right. I would like it to be a wide receiver. I want to build for excess, draft for excess. It's the American way. <sighs> Eric on I-90, 608-796-2558. What's up, Eric? Just cruising along here. I'm, I'm, I'm cruising in a luxury tonight. I actually got to take my truck. It's kind of nice. I heard you on the morning show this morning talking about taking your snowmobiles in to, to get serviced, and then you said something. As, as I grew up on a lake, so I really appreciated your comment that boat stands for break out another thousand. I really loved that you dropped that on the show this morning. It does. That's exactly what it means. But it's still a lot of fun. Um I think uh, I think we talked about this last year. Now we're going to start a new sport. Okay. Uh, this winter, um, it combines snowmobiling and golf. Um, and uh, you know, up north there, there's a little bit of conflict between, like they're, they're called silent sport enthusiasts. Uh-huh. Um, they don't really like the snowmobiles. And what you'll find in that crew is you'll find a lot of cross-country skiers, okay? Sure. Yeah. And I love cross-country skiers. I do. Yeah. I think it's a great sport. But I thought we could combine snowmobiling where we go out, we snowmobile with our golf clubs, and then we stop at certain places and we drive golf balls at cross-country skiers okay. as they go by. Well, I was going to say, I bet, I bet as a snowmobiler you do like cross-country skiers because it gives you a fun obstacle to dodge when you're going down the trail at 60 miles an hour. 
you know, I don't go down the trail at 60. I'm always watching out for those guys. Good, I, good. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of carrying on out there when I'm, I'm just out having a nice ride. I like that. That's and, the way it uh, should be. And we started the ritual. Now I'm going to, I'm counting up the miles on hauling them to get repaired versus actually riding them on the trail. And it will always be more miles hauling them to get repaired. Okay. Okay. Because I'm curious, I want to spend two more minutes tops on this. And then I want to talk to you about your Vikings who won yesterday. Can you even snowmobile realistically in the state anymore? We don't get any snow, Eric. Where do you have to go to ride snowmobiles consistently? You have to go uh, at least to Hayward. Uh, and he, 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 I don't, um, you know, nothing uh, against living here in the uh, Cooley region. Nice. Um, but you're going to be lucky down here now if you get maybe one or two days of riding. And you've got to be ready to go that day. You can't be like, you got to be able to take off work and go riding. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to have much of a snowmobile season. So you got to be committed. If you're going to ride a lot to, to, to go up north, and I, I plan on going at least every other weekend. Can you north. take me? Yep. Where is your? Where is your? Again, really quick. Where is your place up north? You don't have to tell me exactly, but I, I want to go for a weekend. Um, I like to go to uh, in the Hayward area. I like to stay at a place called Deerfoot on the Chippewa Flowage. Ooh. Um, then you get up to Cable. Uh, another nice place to stay there is Lakewoods, um, just outside of Cable on Lake Namakagan. The Great Lake. Lake Vietnam, Macaigan. <laughs> oh, no. um, you do not call it that. Yeah, we do. We call it Lake <laughs> Vietnam, Macaigan. And then, uh, oh my god. Yeah, and then uh, get up into Bayfield. That's um, uh, Bayfield that. area. If you get up around, uh, oh, let's see here, up in Red Cliff. I've been up to Red Cliff. I've got some pictures of, you know, me and my son staying by Lake Superior. Uh, Watching a storm come in. That's, that's, that's good stuff. Every father should do that with their son. Hey, your Vikings should have lost yesterday, and I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm getting to the point with your Vikings where I respect them less and less because I just, this team, I don't know. They're winning games, but whatever. I don't know why you say that. I mean, uh, the offense really won the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and the defense held. Yeah. That's, really, that's what happened. Really, that's what happened. Okay. Okay. I mean, come on. Let's let's face it now. I and I've been hard on the Vikings, but winning ten games in a season is is not easy. It's not easy. It's been easy for the Packers to do it year after year, but for the Vikings, it's extremely hard. So they should be very proud of them. Very proud. All right. And Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I mean, that did you watch? I suppose you didn't because you were watching the Pack game. You know that guy delivered and took some big hits. He uh, sure. he really came through yesterday. He did. I I got to give him credit. I'm awful hard on him, and I got to give him credit and for uh, credits due. And now the Packers, you guys can't give up. You can never give up. Yeah, we we can. And even if listen, okay, I'm listening. If Detroit loses, all right, the Packers still don't even gain because. The Packers aren't playing this week, so they'll still have the same record, and they'll be one behind Detroit. But that still means don't give up. Don't don't give up. All right. Very, because to be very, mathematically out, yeah, 
I mean, that's almost the last game of the season before you're mathematically out. You're a classic Winston Churchill. Never give up, never give up. That was, when, that was Churchill, right? Yeah, I love Winston Churchill. You ever see the movie uh, Our Darkest Days or whatever? It's, uh, uh, who was the actor? Really great actor. Um, I'll, I'll look it up over this. Part. I have to wrap this up. This has gone on too long, Eric. I, we spent too much time this on this. This has been movies. a lot of fun. I just enjoy talking to you so much. It's, Obviously, I call you every night. And me with you, Eric. I, I'm actually I'm making an executive decision to not even wait for you to say goodbye because I feel like I need to move on. Thank you for the story time and for the Vikings and the Winston Churchill. Although I brought that up. That was my own fault. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, tell Eric to take Matt LaFleur to Hayward with him and go to a snowmobile bar. Yeah. I want Eric to take me. I want to go up north. All my friends who have cabins up there, they don't go. And when they do, they don't invite me. Probably because it's not my cabin. Anyways, let's take a break. We'll talk for a couple more minutes, and then Ben Kenny's going to join us. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Ben Kenny coming up in a few. I talked to him earlier this afternoon. Graham Mertz transferring. The Luke Fickle bowl situation. The Jim Leonard Willie Woney. And some college football playoff stuff, too. It's about a 15-minute conversation, so I got to get out of here in, like, three minutes, which is fine because I've said just about all I need to say. Dave from Monona has sent a text, and I'm not... He's making fun of me and my generation, and also Eric is a part of it somehow. Eric on I-90 with uh, one of his finest calls recently explaining snowmobiling culture i had to ask i shouldn't have asked but i i would rather talk about that than the packers or the vikings or whatever you know what game was really good yesterday was bengals chiefs the bengals and the chiefs rivalry feels to me like the packers and the seahawks felt from like 2013 to 2015 because there was a couple really big memorable moments in games like the fail mary and then obviously the 2014 nfc championship game and the Chiefs melted down in the conference championship against the Bengals last year. And then they come back to Cincinnati yesterday and they lose. Not a divisional rival, but a common enough conference rival with some great storylines, great quarterbacks. The coach, maybe in Cincy, not the level of Carroll and McCarthy at the time. But this rivalry is really fun. It's the AFC's version of what the Packers and the Seahawks were just a couple of years ago. I love watching this Bengals team. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. That's what I want for the Packers. You go get one more guy in the first round, someone with unbelievable speed or size or like something, something that you just can't get outside of the top 15. Man, this offense is going to be set up. And if Aaron Rodgers is back next year, and according to Brian Gutekinds, what he said today, he was so confident in what he said about Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if Jordan Love's going to start it all this year. I don't think Jordan Love's going to start it all based on what Brian Gutekinds said today. Build that wide receiving core. Build that weaponry around Aaron Rodgers. Make his life easier as he ages. And if another quarterback takes over at some point, whether it's Jordan Love or another young guy or a free agent, you want the weapons to make that person's job easier. And if you were to get a guy in the top 15, now you have that guy, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Ooh, that's a great core to build and grow together with Rodgers or whoever ultimately ends up being the quarterback, but... 
according to Brian Gutekinds, we'll hear from him tomorrow. We'll hear from Mike Clements tomorrow, and we can really break down that press conference and some of the things that were said. We'll do that tomorrow. Coming up next, I want to talk Badgers football. I want to talk college football. The playoff is set. I'm an anti-playoff guy, as is Ben, so we're going to have that discussion coming up next and talk about some things going on with the Badgers as well. So let's take a five-minute break. If you want to continue this conversation, tweet me at Wisco Grant or text me 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back with Ben Kenny in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ben Kenny is here. You hear him, Kenny and Heilprin. You hear him on The Zone. You hear him on Bill's show. Last week, we had Zach on Monday to react to some Badger stuff and a Luke Fickle hire, so I thought we'd get the other half of the show this week. The most pressing of business, Mr. Kenny, let's do the Jim Leonard thing because it was reported that it was a done deal. He's coming back, and now it's been reported that it's not a done deal, and it just seems like we did this once already with Jim Leonard reports, and it's kind of funny that it's happening again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again. I'm happy to see that you and Zach seem to be on terrific terms. I Same. We are doing the Jim Leonard thing again. I don't know. It's uh, Once it's officially <laughs> announced, I will then proceed to discuss it. I did say when the report came out on Saturday that the first step for Luke Fickle in recruiting his roster is to convince the all-world defensive coordinator, interim coach that everybody loves to come back. Still true. That's the biggest biggest first step. Still true. So I don't walk back anything I said. I think I said something about Madison building Leonard a statue, which (laughs) or naming a street after him, which if he does come back with all this, I think should be heavily considered if anyone from the city of Madison is listening. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope he comes back. But I, I don't have anything there to predict either way. Leonard Lane, perhaps. Here's the thing. Like, if I were to report a Jim Leonard story and I thought I had a good source and then it turned out that that source was incorrect, I probably wouldn't go back to that source for another Jim Leonard story. I don't know how journalism works. I, I'm not anti-journalist. That's not what I'm doing here. I just, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. It's funny. Yeah, as a journalism degree holder, I like to be the upholder of all things journalism for those on the morning show here in Madison. Good for you. This one, I don't know. No comment. And that's fine. We can move on. Let's do Graham Mertz. Not a surprise that he's transferring. I think Saturday night after the Minnesota game, even before we knew what was going on with the coaching, I'm like, yeah, Mertz has got to go. Like they might pack for him. Like nicely, like politely, they might be like, hey, Graham, maybe you should go somewhere else. The world is just one big transfer portal right now. Everybody's in the transfer portal. I was watching it all day, saw lots of tweets. What do you think of Mertz leaving? And can you give us maybe some names that you're maybe hoping come in through the portal to replace him next year? Oh, I have I have notifications turned on for twenty four seven sports portal. I think they have tweeted three hundred times today. Holy it's been balls. exhilarating. There there are a lot of names out there. The Mertz thing, not surprising. I think it'll be very positive for both sides. First, the Luke Fickle comes in. I, I assume he wants to craft things his way, the offense. Uh, everything except Jim Leonard's defense, if Jim Leonard does stay. So getting a fresh start there is positive. Graham Mertz getting a fresh start. He could go to a competent offensive system and scheme and play around really good players. And there will be interest out there. There, there are a lot of really good names in the portal Devin Leary at NC State is probably the headliner. He's really good. Uh, But you have Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. 
Brendan Armstrong from Virginia, DJ Uyangale from Clemson. Who's the Kentucky State, Northern Kentucky guy? Who's that? Uh, Oh, the Western Kentucky Western Kentucky, that's it. uh, Who transferred from a D2 school to get there, Austin Reed. I love that. So this is a situation where I I think we'll learn through where Fickle pursues, where he goes to try to find and where the offers go. But it's such a crapshoot and it's impossible to predict. Like, some guys have already committed. Jerkovic from BC is going to Pitt, and, and that's that's exciting. I think that fit will work. And obviously, some of these things are worked out before they enter the portal. So I have no idea where Wisconsin will go. There are a lot of attractive names. But I, I think everyone has to enter next season with tempered expectations. While although the schedule lines up well, we go. have no idea what it's going to look like. We have no idea what the new quarterback will bring. But overall, with Mertz, I mean, his career is a uh, – you could do a shows shows upon shows on his career. But going forward, definitely think it works for both. And, and frankly, I think he has a big year next year. Depending on where he lands, if you put him at West Virginia or Kentucky, uh, somewhere with talent around him and a system that works, I, I think he could have a big year. Yeah, you said maybe he can go somewhere with a competent offensive system or just go somewhere with an offensive system because at times this season it looked like maybe they didn't even have one. Last thing on the Badgers, and then I want to do some playoff stuff. You had Taylor Bordellini on last week. You were you were as plugged in as as we can find, Ben, for this show. Um, what have you talked about with the players, with the guests on Kenny and Heilprin? And like, what have they said about the process of switching coaches now and still playing a bowl game? Like, how is this going to work? How do you think Luke Fickle best uses this, you know, couple of weeks in this bowl game to kind of further his position and to prepare for next season when he really takes over? And what have you heard from players about kind of what's an awkward situation? Well, I, it's been an awkward season. Yeah. Really starting from when Paul really it's starting in the off season when Paul Chris brought in a new staff on offense. So there hasn't been much continuity in general. I think it's really positive. And Tanner Portolini was with us on Thursday. There's a podcast up uh, of the interview and, and he echoed this where the fact that they're in a bowl game itself is really important for Fickle. Something I mentioned earlier, recruiting his own roster, where, yes, he'll make changes and bring in new players, and we'll see a lot of things different going into next year. But the more players, foundational players, he could keep around, the better for his success. If he has to build a whole roster from scratch, that's going to take three or four years overall, even with the portal, to do it. So the fact you're in a bowl game, the fact that Fickle can get a feel of the team and the guys and the culture that's already been built here under Kristen Leonard. And then also for the guys themselves to get a feel of Fickle. Because if there was not a bowl game, he'd come in and they wouldn't be the same level of practice, the same level of game prep. So many things would be different without this game coming up where the players would kind of be throwing a dart at the wall and hoping it's the right decision. Here, I think it gives them more clarity. And, and Tanner talked about that where he is staying, as first reported on Kenny and Heilprin on Thursday. But he kind of urged a, a general statement to urge players to give it a chance and maybe go through another week under Fickle to see what it's like before just jumping in the portal. Because, like, yeah, there are going to be thousands of players entering today and tomorrow and over the next however many weeks. I think only like 60% of them find other Power 5 schools to go to. Like, it's by no means a, a clear conclusion, uh, unless you're one of the top players in the country, which Wisconsin obviously doesn't really have that many of. So 
I think it's very positive. They're in a bowl game. It's weird that he's head coach of it, that he's coming in as – and whether Leonard's here or not, he's going to be coaching a bowl game with the staff that's been here all season. With his staff just, like, waiting on the side and recruiting, it's kind of weird. But yeah. I think overall, long-term, it will be positive. Maybe it helps that, like you said, the whole season's been awkward, so this is nothing new. So hopefully it's, you know, hopefully it's a little bit smoother just because the entire season's been awkward. We're talking with Ben Kenny. He's on Twitter, at Benzie Kenny. Conference championship weekend, Ben. It was excellent. Uh, my oh, favorite was, was, well, TCU and K-State was fantastic. I had, like, I really liked the Pac-12 championship game because for the last two years, it's just been Utah beating the tar out of some pretty boy West Coast team. Yeah. And I just love that. It cost us probably a chance to see Caleb Williams in the playoff, but hopefully we get a chance to see him next year or not. I don't care. Colin Cowherd's probably sad. That makes me happy. What do you think of the conference championship <laughs> games? What was your take? Well, I have a take on that. I, I think the Pac-12 title on Friday showed you why we don't need to see Caleb Williams or that team in the playoffs ah. because they don't tackle because they are obsessed with trying to strip the ball. I've talked about USC where they have this completely unsustainable turnover differential where they've recovered like nine of their 10 fumbles this year. Mm -hmm. The ball just bounces to them. And that's not going to hold up over the course of a season or two years. But like the fact that their defense has no interest in tackling anybody, I don't think they deserve to go to the playoff. So it, it was an electric weekend. It was a weird one because you had teams in the conference title games that could have lost and still made it yeah. in TCU, Georgia, and Michigan. Obviously, Georgia just throttles LSU in, in a weird starting game, but they, they throttled them. They're awesome. Michigan beats Purdue because Jeff Brom is addicted to kicking field goals to keep a two-score game a two-score game consistently. Yeah. Robbed us robbed us of a, a situation, potentially, in Indianapolis if that became a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Yes, yes. Now, Michigan always kind of had that in the bag. And then TCU, rightfully so, is in the playoff at number three. I don't, I don't give a damn about what they would be on a neutral field against Bama and what the spread would be like computers don't play the game. Saban cares so about that. All of a sudden Saban now cares about what the odds makers say. That's interesting. I'm not hating Saban. He's, you know, he's getting on oh, a soapbox for his guys, but go, yeah, go ahead. Grant, my eyes were bleeding. He went on, he went on every single conference title game at halftime and pleaded Alabama's case. Grant, they let him on Fox. Yeah. He's an SEC guy. Yeah. Fox owns the big 10. Mm -hmm. Fox should not give that guy a platform to argue a two-loss Alabama team without a single impressive win all season and a team that, frankly, underperformed in every category. So this whole, like, Bama would be favored, so they're better. Like, I don't care who's better. I care who's more deserving. And Alabama had uh, chances to make the playoff, and they lost consistently. Bama's so I so think they talented. got it right. They're so talented. I think Saban knows it. Saban feels that. I I'm sure he would make the case for his team either way, but I'm sure he feels it, like, Man, this team is really talented. Like my quarterback is incredible, and this team isn't even going to have a shot in the playoff. And I'm sure he feels that too, rightfully so. Um, can I take a run at ripping on the playoffs? Because I, I like the discourse that you've put into place yeah. around. So, Georgia and Michigan were the two teams in college football with truly dominant seasons this year, and I think it was only those two. Kansas State deserves to be in, and I think Ohio State deserves to be in this playoff. But if the BCS existed this season, I would be losing zero sleep about the situation we would have playing for the national championship. 100%. Yes. Because the BCS era and 
this is my only old man boomer take. The oh. only one I have. But the BCS is what college football should have stayed at forever. And yes, there will be years, as always is the case, that some teams get screwed. And to that, I would say play better or, or win by more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at like this year, it all, it all shook out that way. That's because there were two dominant teams and a lot of really good teams, as we saw with K-State against TCU, as we saw with Utah against USC, but none that were great. So when you go to 12, and even with this at four, somewhat devalues what happens in the regular season, where when you have a team like Ohio State that has Michigan at home in a game to go to the Big Ten title and to keep playoff hopes alive, and you get dump trucked by 20, and just get run over in the second half, you don't. You shouldn't deserve to still play for a national title. Like, those games should be the stepping stones to get in the playoff. So the bigger the playoff gets, the more room for error we're leaving, which is why, like, you'll have two-loss Bama and three-loss Utah and three-loss Kansas State. I'm not saying those teams aren't good. They are. But looking forward, then, the regular season results won't matter. When Alabama loses to LSU in overtime on a two-point conversion – it won't matter at all because we'll come out and say, okay, that's fine. They'll still make the playoff. This year's Alabama team is talented enough, I think, to play with all of the teams that are in the playoff. Don't get me wrong. Like, if we expanded the playoff, I think there's a world in which Bama gets in and they contend for national title. Now, we can argue whether they deserve that or not, like where the cutoff is. I I would say this. The Rose Bowl was incredible last year. It was Ohio State and Utah, and it was one of the, the coolest football games I've ever watched. I don't need those teams in a playoff, right? I don't even love college football nearly as much as a lot of people do. And I could still appreciate an Ohio State team last year that, yeah, maybe could have been a playoff team. They weren't. And instead, they end up in a Rose Bowl, which was incredible against Utah. It was an awesome game. And we need more of that. More of those types of games. Yes. And there were some big opt-outs of that game with Alave and Wilson, who are now NFL studs. Still a great game. And there will still be opt-outs in the 12-team playoff. There will still be opt-outs. There hasn't been in the four, but I, I think when we get to 12 and like everyone says, oh yeah, you need more meaningful football and, and more big games. And a great argument I saw was if, if you want to get richer, do you print more money? No, no. Because no. that just devalues the money you already have. Uh, don't I know it? Everyone so, feels it right now. So I am, yes, anti-expansion. I They're never going to go back because it, it's all a money game. It's all a big elaborate plot for TV ratings where even the shows to announce the playoff are such jokes that they do three segments before they even announce it. Where uh, obviously you've, uh, everyone loves to say, oh, you, you, you're taking the toothpaste out when it comes to NIL and the portal. Yeah. I would argue, no, that stuff's fine. That stuff will work itself out. The playoff stuff is what will have the negative impact. And I will, I guess I'll close by saying, and I'll still watch all the games and I'll still yes. root for it to succeed because I love the sport. It does take a little bit of the juice away out of the regular season games, which is, again, I think the one unique thing that college football is going for it. And we don't need to ramble on this. I, I have something I want to mention. We don't need to go deep into this, but Deion Sanders is now at Colorado. And I think it's really oh, interesting. Awesome. So Colorado is probably, am I wrong in saying they're the least talented program? Like, they are at rock bottom as far as a football program can go right now. They're in a very bad spot. And I I bring this up because if you look at Colorado's schedule next year, they host Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers in week two. Yes. 
And I never before in my life have looked ahead at a schedule for the next year and circled a game thinking I want to watch it. But here I am thinking that this is fascinating that the Huskers go to Boulder early next season. And I don't know how that game plays out, but it's going to be hilarious no matter how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome because Nebraska is going to be on a similar transfer diet. They have all the money in the world and rule comes in. They'll be able to get some guys like Scott Frost built a pretty impressive transfer team. He just couldn't coach it. They have really good players. <laughs> he just couldn't make them play well. Yeah. Colorado. I mean, yes, they're starting from scratch. They were the second worst power five team in the country. Maybe the worst. They, they were atrocious yeah. this season. And ever since Mel Tucker left, they haven't really had good players. And Deion Sanders is going to come. He's going to bring his son to play quarterback. His son's a stud. Well, he's, he's going to have bring... to earn it. He, he has to earn Ben. He has to, it'll be a competition. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sure. And okay. he, he's going to bring 10 or 15 more guys he had at Jackson State. He, he is going to generate dollar interest, which then results in better players coming. So that's going to be really interesting. It's a perfect test case for today's era of can you put superstar like he's a good coach but also superstar personality at random school in the country and can it work so i'm fascinated and i think it's i many people are like oh this is showing you a terrible that state of college football horrible no i think it's fascinating because he's going to succeed i think so too and it's definitely a different way to build a program. You know, your guy, Bill Michael, says it's a fast food world. We want things and we want it now. Well, Colorado is, they are fast fooding this process. Ben, I appreciate your time. I love talking to you and Zach. Please say hi to Zach and give him my best. And I look forward to Kenny and Heilbrunn this week. I will. Thank you. Actually, no Zach this week. He is, he is out uh, attending to some things. It is, I, I'm running solo. So all of the wonderful takes you've heard in the last however many minutes. I will be spewing them for an hour on Tuesday and Thursday. Well, I look forward to that, Ben. Thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks.